is a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. Good evening and welcome. Thanks so very much for tuning in to my show. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Love talking to you every Sunday evening. On tonight's first five, I want to talk about where we are. We are just here in Texas, just past the uh, primary elections, which were a big, big deal in Texas. Welcome to our listeners in Colorado Springs and Phoenix. You have your day coming for primaries. We just had ours. We had a fabulous turnout, despite predictions of this blue wave that was just going to conquer Texas. We were going to be taken over by the Democrats. We actually had fabulous, fabulous uh, results in our Texas elections. We had largely, at least in the area where we cover here in Dallas, the conservatives prevailing over the more moderate Republicans. Very strong turnout. But I want to talk about what... Donald Trump said he spoke about what his slogan is going to be when he runs for re-election in 2020 and, and really what it's going to mean for the 2018 midterms. If you didn't hear, Donald Trump announced his slogan, which is uh, for his 2020 re-election campaign, which was Keep America Great. And a really interesting little fact is that he filed for the um, copyright on that two days after he was sworn in. He's, he was planning he's going to run again in 2020. I want to tell you where we really are in America, and I think where the American people recognize where we are in America, uh, regardless of all the down, the negativity you see in the media. We are in America. Markets up in 2017. S&P 500 went up 19 points. Dow Jones up 25 percent. Household wealth in the stock market rose by $1.346 trillion. Unemployment's way down. These are real, tangible, recognized. You feel it in your hometown and your neighbors. You see your neighbors, your family have jobs. Record number, number of Americans working, 155 million, 215,000 Americans employed. The Trump-Russia collusion hoax fallacy has just fallen apart. ISIS is close to being crushed. And Kim Jong-un, the North Korean dictator, actually wants to meet and talk with President Trump. Late and other great news for Republicans. I'm going to get to why this matters in just a moment. But other great news from Republicans. Recent large Harvard-Harris poll on the subject of immigration. Folks, Republicans are on the right side of this issue. The Democrats think it is their ace in the hole. It is not. It is going to... They will they will just collapse in the fall if they try to run on immigration. One huge number to keep in mind. This is a massive poll, by the way, and more Democrats and Republicans polled 37 to 32 percent. So not the usual tricks that some pollsters play in this polling. The Democrats are even and Hispanics are on our side on immigration. And so it is important to not lose lose faith. Not It's important that Donald Trump not drop the ball, just keep plowing right through with his immigration plans. Just some very, very quick uh, summary things. 53% of Democrat voters, Democrat voters recognize that Democrats in Congress are holding out. They will not go with a good legislative solution to DACA because they're trying to save it for a fall midterm election issue. They recognize the Democrats got a good offer from President Trump and they wouldn't take it. So all this good news piling up numbers, household wealth reaching record territory, 
record territory. And um, and even in small businesses, you know, the, the tax cuts, people, the Democrats try to say, well, this is just, you know, for the big corporations or this is just crumbs for the little guy. There's story after story about small business America. And I think it's small businesses employ something like 57 percent of Americans. They um, they employ the uh, vast number of, of new jobs. And, and the bottom line is those businesses are growing. They're being being able to hire. There was a great Wall Street Journal article. Tax reform isn't just for big business. It's up on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. All sorts of data that says that e- these tax cuts are even helping small business America, main town, mainstream America. So the point about the 2018 midterms, what are the Democrats going to run on? You ask yourself, are they going to run on? And I'll tell you, because they've announced already one big thing they plan to do when they think they're going to take back the House. They're running on tax increases. They actually said that in a released plan. They're running on tax increases. But what they're really going to run on is the effort to sow division in America, to accentuate their identity politics, to spread their socialistic ideas, spread uh, ideas of promising something free to some other victim group. There will be promises of free things from the government. They have nothing to run on because what Donald Trump has done in this not even two years is barely over a year of serving as our president. He has proved that free market, strong America ideas win and they work. When you have Americans coming back to work, you have Americans just just excited about the country again, feeling like we're on fire with a, a pro-free market economy. We're on fire with a president who loves this country, who's trying to protect the borders, trying to protect the American people. Americans are loving it. He's polling up at near 50 percent, even with the constant pounding from the media uh, against Donald Trump. And he's just he's just rocking it. So I, I'm saying all this to say in the 2018 elections, you will see scale. Scandals, criticisms, attempts to divide, attempts to uh, do the identity politics thing, attempts to find new victim groups, do not fall for it. What you're seeing in Donald Trump, and as you all know, I did not. He wasn't my first choice in the primary. He's rocking this president's job. He is doing what America asked him to do. He is holding up America as the, the example of liberty and freedom and strength. The American people always wanted. Don't let the Democrats get you down because what you'll see coming is all they have left to fight on, which is pretty much nothing. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. America Can We Talk. Come right back. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. 
America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Can you hear us now? Can you hear us now? And welcome back to America Can We Talk? Love talking every Sunday night. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and I want to hit on something. You know, the first segment I was talking with you about how very troublesome it is that it's very clear to many people the left has nothing to run on this election cycle. They have the economy's good, America's stronger, safer, we're doing what the, everything is going right in America. And so what is the left actually going to run on? And part of what they do, beside making up scandals and pretending they're outraged by them, I will hit this one later, but I just gotta mention it right now. This effort of the left to talk about Stormy Daniels, who is this, um, you know, porn person who with whom uh, President Trump allegedly has some involvement. This is the left 
the left trying to make that an issue that did not mind hookers in the White House with John F. Kennedy, didn't mind Bobby Kennedy's serial infidelity, didn't mind Ted Kennedy, didn't mind Bill Clinton, didn't mind Hillary Clinton covering for Bill Clinton and actually being in the attack squad against women trying to complain about Bill Clinton. But somehow President Trump's involvement with this woman, whatever it was, is just grounds for for hysteria, grounds for disqualifying him, perhaps impeaching him. You have to understand, this is all the left has left to argue. Because a simple idea, and this is not Donald Trump personally as a superhuman. This is not what is propelling his success. It is his embrace of the right ideas, the underlying ideas of America, the right ideas of governance, the right ideas of liberty. And, And keep reminding yourselves that. Tell your friends that when they're rolling their eyes about Stormy Daniels. No one's bragging or saying or saying this is a wonderful thing, but you have to keep in context. The left is driven singularly by the idea of somehow removing President Trump and not permitting him to serve out his term, which what they really are saying is they don't think you, the American voter, are entitled to choose the president. The American left thinks they get to decide who's in charge and they are going to be sure if they can that it's not Donald Trump, but it's not working. He's Things are going so well in this country, and it's important to have that upbeat and recognize. I'm trying to infuse the upbeat spirit in you because I want you to recognize that what's going to be coming between now and the fall elections in 2018 will be scandal, division, outrage. You know, not just the American left, but their entire echo chamber in the media will be hysterical from now through the midterms in November. Stand strong with what you know is true. And I think the American people will. When you see it, when you have more money in your wallet, you have a, a sense of calm about the foreign policy, you think there's a strong president standing for this country, I think the American people know and the left is just they're they're continuing to speak to a smaller and smaller group of americans still swayed by their outrage but what other thing i want to hit of vital importance in this election you know i'm i got an election in my mind because here in texas we had the midterms but you will be having um primaries uh, we had our uh, primaries you'll be having midterms in other states i want to hit one thing that is another truly you know we talk about the pillars of american society what makes america great and safe and strong and the building blocks of america One has to include the idea that we have actual representative government, meaning that the people who are citizens get to vote and they choose their elected officials in Washington and in their state houses, and those people make laws. That is fundamental to the three branches of government, fundamental to representative democracy. And if we don't have honest elections, if we don't, if we are permitting people who are not U.S. citizens and therefore not entitled to vote, if we permitting them to vote, we are tainting our election process. We are surrendering a right our founders carved out for us. There are three things I wanted to mention about this. You probably all know there was a motor voter law, which was passed by Congress. I think it was 1993, but it was passed when Clinton was president, Bill Clinton was president, and he signed it in 90, I think it went into effect in 95. The basic idea was to say that states had to offer when people came to get their uh, driver's license, they had to offer the opportunity to register to vote. The law also permitted the states to put particular requirements on to meet their states, um, you know, to, to meet their state standards. So this motor voter law has been around. And so the first thing I wanted to mention, this is, a, and again, all the articles I'm mentioning are posted at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. 
One is from Alan West's website, and it is about a lawsuit that's ongoing in Pennsylvania relating to the fact that J. Christian Adams, who is the founder and head of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, which, by the way, advertises on this show, but Christian Adams has brought a lawsuit because more than 100,000 non-citizens are registered to vote in Pennsylvania alone. Just think about how many elections you read. Every election cycle, you read about some race where, wow, actually, you know, so-and-so won by 120 votes. They only won by, you know, 75 votes. The number of votes in many close elections is is astonishing, the small number of votes. So in Pennsylvania, 100,000 non-citizens registered to vote. And the reason that J. Christian Adams had to file a lawsuit is because the state of Pennsylvania, the various counties, a few counties gave him information about who was on their rolls and who was, whether they had uh, proven they were actual citizens. But other counties would not. They wouldn't even respond because they basically said, we don't have to tell you, so we're not going to. So there was one admission by a um, a Pennsylvania official, that there had been a glitch and that they had actually, they recognized they had some non-citizens uh, voting or at least registered to vote. There are stories out of Pennsylvania where uh, many officials refused to turn over record and record requests, even under litigation. So you end up having to make a public statement about it, to make a public lawsuit to try to get these election officials, county election officials throughout the state to comply with their basic requirement that in America, you have to be an American citizen to vote. This is not racist. This is not intolerant. It is is required to keep the American system of free elections, the the notion of we the people being the governors of this country, being the, the we the people holding the power, if we don't keep the election, the, the uh, voter rolls clean, keep them applicable only to available only to those who are citizens, you're surrendering that. So that is one thing going on right now. Uh, the state of Pennsylvania has a one bit of, um, of that um, problem. And it's always, by the way, it's always the left wing, the Democrat side of the county administrators who will not comply with information requests. But there's another case going on, very interesting, and it ties into voter ID uh, issues, too. In the state of Kansas, the uh, Secretary of State named Chris Kobach testified they have they have a case ongoing there because what they did they comply with the federal voter um, motor voter law they permit people to register to vote uh, um, when they come to get their driver's license but they require people to provide documents such as a birth certificate or a passport um, at motor vehicle offices in order to register to vote prior to this requirement. If you didn't have that, you'd have everyone walking in to get their license, and they're simply choosing to check off on a piece of paper, yes, I'm a citizen, without the state verifying it. This guy in Kansas is saying, that's not good enough. I mean, we actually, it's okay if we try to ask for some, to make them produce something to prove they actually are American citizens. So this, he testified in this hearing that is now, or this case now ongoing in Kansas, that this measure that is in place, it's the law in Kansas, has prevented somewhere between 1,000 and 18,000 non-citizens. That's a big range, I realize. But he said in his testimony that one of his experts would testify that the higher end of that range, closer to 18,000 people in Kansas, have been prevented from voting because of this requirement. And I want to tell you, the, the other um, example is California, where California has 
just pretty much enabled non-citizens uh, to vote. I'll hit that Kansas, uh, that California example in a moment. But the thing I wanted to mention to you about what's happening in Kansas is that the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, or the American, the liberal uh, civil liberties uh, group, has gotten involved. There's a gentleman, Dale Ho, who's the director of the Voting Rights Project. He's also involved in this case in Kansas, making the argument over and over, essentially, that okay, so you might get a few people who aren't really citizens. As though there's, there's not, it's like pregnant or not pregnant. You're a citizen or you're not. It's one or the other. There's no fuzzy in there. You either are or you're not. And in this citizen, in these cases, he's kind of making the argument that, you know, if we have people who thought they were citizens or what difference does it make? It's just a small number of people. But surrendering that idea that in America we insist that if you vote, especially in federal elections, which is the job of the federal government to set those standards, I mean, I don't think the federal government could stop a state or a county if they wanted to permit non-citizens to vote. But in federal elections, picking your congressman, your senator, and your vote for president of the United States, that's a federal government right and obligation. And they are trying to insist that in Kansas, that they are trying that you know Kansas is trying to insist that we have this voter this requirement that you actually. Prove who you are. And the idea that the ACLU is unabashed, unashamed, as our American leftists generally, not that concerned if non-citizens vote. And the examples they had, I can't go into them now because we're out of time, but the examples they had, let me just ask you to guess which party these non-citizens register with. Okay. If I were in this in person, I'd say, raise your hand if you think it's Democrat. Obviously, they register Democrat. These are people coming in to vote on the Democrat side. They're not citizens. We need to up the penalty for doing that, for even attempting to register. We have people caught registering, you know, taking off the rolls and re-register again, and nothing happens to them. This is part of holding on to this precious country. Okay, we're zipping off to a break. We come back. We have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West joining us to talk about North Korea, Kim Jong-un, and a whole bunch of other important things. So don't go way. Our nation faces a choice, the path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility, whether informed the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. 
American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. There is a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk? I'm Debbie George Addis, and we are so happy to have in the studio this evening Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Hello, sir. Always good to be with you, Debbie. So first of all, welcome. You haven't been here in a while. Yeah, I think this is the first time in the new year. It is the first time in the new year. You're trying to dump me or something. (laughs) Absolutely untrue. I I handle rejection very well. (laughs) Trust me. Well, you're not getting it here. We're very, very happy to have you, and I... Didn't, I didn't get to say before we started, I assume all of our listeners know Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, but I'm just giving a moment's introduction. Uh, very much sought after American political commentator, retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, 
former member of the United States House, representing Florida's 22nd Congressional District, uh, just a fabulous commentator on all sorts of issues uh, relating to America and security. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to jump right in because time And, and if there are any Kentucky basketball fans out there, yes, you beat my Tennessee volunteers today. Hope you don't feel bad about that. I do feel very bad about it. <laughs> I mean, we were going for the trifecta of beating Kentucky in the SEC tournament championship, but such is life. Such is life. All right. Well, beside that problem, yeah. I did want to turn to asking you. I'm, I'm actually, I've been. I thought about you when this news was coming out. So there is now an invitation through uh, by the North Korean president uh, through the South Korean president, essentially saying he'd like to meet with President Donald Trump. And there's actually talk about whether uh, Kim Jong-un should be. Uh, Kim Jong-un wants us to talk to President Trump. And the question, I mean, I have a bunch of quotes from alleged experts. So I'll tell you those in a second. But I mean, the concern is, of course, this notion that either President Trump isn't kind of up up to it, he's not ready, or that Kim Jong-un is perhaps just playing him. Do you think he ought to go ahead and have a meeting, or, or what yeah, was your basic yeah. reaction to it? No, absolutely. And uh, I've heard people, you know, it's interesting to me is that everyone has been saying President Trump is leading us toward a war. Now he gets the opportunity to sit down with him. Well, if he sits down with him, that's bad, and that could still lead to a war. So these are people that are looking for some way to continue to criticize President Trump. You know, look, I was stationed in Korea in 1995 on the DMZ uh, in the 2nd Infantry Division. Of course, then we were dealing with his dad. And we've seen 24 years of American presidents that have really done nothing but compromise, appease, and acquiesce to North Korea. Anytime they rattle their sabers, we give them more money or what have you. Uh, and that has finally somewhat has come to an end. And he has brought the North Korean dictator to a table. Now, should he sit down with him? Yes. Should he go in and have this long, drawn-out meeting with him? No. He should go in and be very specific. You have to denuclearize yourself. You have to end your ballistic missile program. And furthermore, you have to end the exportation, the export of that technology to other countries and to include your chemical weapons technology to Syria. The other thing is you have to end your cyber weapons uh, attack program. And uh, I think the last thing that he should say is that no further talks will continue as long as you are the leader of North Korea. You need to step down. Oh, my gosh. You actually think that President Trump should present Absolutely. That? Absolutely. I, I, I say I will not come back to talk to you. And as a matter of fact, here are the new sanctions that are going to take place until you step down in the, in the, wow. in, in the discussion, have a nice day and we'll see you. Okay. I wish you were advising him because I actually, I had not even thought of whether a president Trump making that point to him, just you got to go. Um, but obviously he does need to go. He's just, huh. he's a, he's a, no, you cannot be trusted. And, and the verification of uh, the end of your, uh, your, your nuclear weapons program and your ballistic missile program will be verified with a joint team from South Korea and the United States. I mean, you should lay all these things out. And, and this should, you know, at the most, Debbie, this should be a 30-minute meeting. And then you walk out. Okay, let me ask you this. So we had Susan Rice. Uh, she is a former Obama, Obama administration official. She oh, yeah. was the ambassador the of the UN. The very credible Susan Rice. <laughs> that one, yes, the credible one. But her comment was, she was, you know, she's can hardly stand the idea, I'm sure, that President Trump may accomplish. He's already accomplished more than his predecessors because yeah. Kim Jong-un is reaching out to him. And he did him. not have to do it by sending a plane load of cash. There's another good point that his predecessor did. But well, her point was, I want to ask you, she said that she thought that the the, the 
uh, danger from an unsuccessful meeting would increase the risk of conflict. She said, you know, it, because she was asked by Andrea Mitchell, what's the downside? You know, so we have flag waving, nothing happens, so what? And she said it's very risky. It risks the president's credibility. Anything to that? Yeah, first of all, she has no credibility. The second thing is also just about, uh, I think two months ago, she wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times saying that we had to live with a nuclear North Korea. So so where are you, Miss Rice? And, and again, you know, this is the same person that told how many different lies on five different uh, talk radio shows. Uh, and, and so Susan Rice should not be out there talking about foreign policy. Look, President Barack Obama's policy of strategic patience with North Korea failed. Kim Jong-un took advantage of him in every way, shape, form, or fashion. When you're dealing with a bully, sometimes you just have to stand up and, and, and be a bit of a bully yourself. And that has caused an, a gross amount of confusion for Kim Jong-un, but also for Xi Jinping of China, because all of a sudden he's realizing this guy doesn't back down. This guy is very serious. And I guarantee you that it was a back channel communications to, uh, to Kim Jong-un from China that probably said, cut the crap. You need to sit down and let's see if we can resolve this. Okay, that was my next question. So <laughs> actually there was a tweet. Uh, but the point being made was that this idea that Trump introducing mass tariffs against China within three days, North Korea says they're about ready to talk. So you do think that China has some role in getting North Absolutely, Korea Absolutely, because this is the thing you have to understand. Uh, you know, President Trump, Trump administration, United States has a, has a high ground here. Because China put out uh, late last year in their state newspaper that if North Korea takes a first strike, they're on their own. They will only help North Korea if the United States does something preemptive against them. Guess what? That means that Kim Jong-un, if he took an action, he's all alone. Everything's going to come down on him. But we can continue to use all kind of economic means and measures, such as you see the maritime interdiction that we're doing now, that level of sanctions, that's really crippling this guy. And so now you're starting to see probably the generals and others that are saying, you know, we're starving now. We're not getting paid. And we know that the Kim family is running uh, into bankruptcy. Okay. The other thing is that was uh, being discussed. It was so interesting because, first of all, I just think any the guy in North Korea, Kim Jong Un, has been so isolated. I mean, he's so put himself up, and he's the the world's bad guy. Almost everyone sees that he is. Um, you know, I just wonder. I don't, even, and I've questioned his sanity. Some of the things he says, they're, they're just they're very alarming. Is well, he going to be amenable to to surrendering power? Well, the point is this. You put him in a very untenable position. Uh, and you basically, like I said, you, you have the ability at that meeting, President Trump should bring the next level of sanctions and say that these are going to be the next level of sanctions that's going to start as soon as this meeting ends. And they will not be lifted until we have the second meeting. And the second meeting, you cannot be in attendance because we do not want to talk to you. You cannot be trusted. This is a guy that, that executes members of his own family. He shoots them with uh, anti-aircraft guns. I mean, this is not a stable individual. Now, the, the one thing, and, and I've said this before here, the analogy I use, China is the crack house, North Korea is the pit bull guardian. We've got to get to the crack house, and then the pit bull becomes irrelevant. The pit bull just dies. I mean, wanders off into the alley, you can shoot it and kill it. And so that's what we have to do. Keep the pressure on China. Let China know that, you know, we're going to start to, to balance this, this trade issue. We're going to come after your cyber uh, program, all of these different things. You know, the intellectual property issue that you've been stealing from us, because eventually we're going to take this guy down. Now, if you want to continue to support him, you're going to suffer as well. 
I love that. I have thought, and I think we, you and I, I think maybe two years ago talked about this year, but I really feel concerned within North Korea, the notion of all these sanctions, they make, I mean, the, the end of the day is the, the poor citizens who are already yeah. starving. Yeah. yeah, They're even starving more. And so to me, the faster you can get him out, Kim Jong-un out, mm-hmm. but how do you, in a country like that, if you remove him who's been dictatorial, how do they even build a new government? What are the, I mean, well, look, I mean, we were concerned about that when the wall came down and somehow Germany figured it out. And, and I think it's the exact same thing. So, uh, you know, we cannot, and, and let us not forget, <laughs> North Korea, Kim Jong-un is responsible for the, the torture and the murder of American citizens. I know. So I think wonder. that's another one of the things that we should uh, bring to the forefront when we're sitting there. Is, you know, we want to know who is responsible for the death of, of Otto. I love that. I do think that was very powerful at the Olympics in South Korea that next, sitting next to, was he sitting next to uh, Mike Pence, uh, Vice President Pence, was the dad of Otto Warmbier. That was very that was a, very much a signal. Absolutely. We haven't forgotten, and, and we're not putting up with this. Okay, we are, we're so great to have Alan West in the studio, and we're going to zip off to a break in a moment here. But when we come back, I want to talk about how, you know, we had a uh, the president, President Trump, had issued a pardon for one of the American. Um, in fact, a gentleman already served his term, but an American military person. But there are other people being held be, uh, in uh, have been arrested who are military people. And what's the right standard for pardons? Um, and and what he thinks about the uh, the military folks still serving. So we're zipping off to break. Come right back to America. Can we talk? Debbie George Daz, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? 
Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. We're in studio tonight. We have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West joining us. So nice to have him here. Good to be with you. Love talking about North Korea. I just, if you weren't listening, I'm going to mention one point he made, which is if President Trump is over in uh, North Korea, wherever they meet and do a negotiation, just letting Kim Jong-un say, this is, this is the last meeting with you. You need to get step down, which he does. I mean, you know, the more I thought about, even it's on the break, the guy is not, I always say, isn't sane, but I mean, he is irrational, he's vindictive, he's, and so the idea of thinking you could move forward with an agreement with him still at the helm is kind of crazy. No, it is absolutely crazy, and that's why I say you, you come to the table uh, prepared to you know, institute the next level of sanctions, and you make it very clear, the next meeting will be without you. And these sanctions, these new sanctions will occur as soon as this meeting is is over. Because then also it takes away the opportunity for him to go back and have some propaganda win. Uh, because the bottom line, the last thing that President Trump should say is that I will not speak with you again. I, I love it. Okay. All right, then. So turning, I, I want to talk with you about uh, some of the cases that uh, we all have been following in the news relating to American soldiers who, in the course of their service of America, ended up incarcerated and um, after some trial. And the one that was in the news this week I want to start with was Navy sailor Christian Saucier. And again, all these stories are up at org. And this particular one, Christian Saucier, was one we've talked about in the past because it was it, it uh, touched on the allegations about Hillary Clinton, not allegations. It touched on the reality. Yeah, the reality, what she did. I mean, James Comey came out and he confirmed the fact that, that she had 
you know, improperly handled classified information. And instead of saying gross negligence, we know that he said she was careless with it. And now we know it was Peter Strzok, you know, this guy at the FBI, who changed that language. Look, Debbie, is very simple. When I was a commander in the United States Army in Fort Hood, Texas, I had a battalion of 600 soldiers. If I had an email server in my quarters and I was doing classified information on that email server, you would be dialing, talking to me in Fort Leavenworth right now because I would be there for quite some time. So we cannot have these two different standards of justice. And to me, it was unconscionable that a person would run to be commander-in-chief of the United States Armed Forces when they had clearly violated every, every single you know, rule of law when it comes to handle, handling classified information. It is astonishing. And, you know, folks, we could do a whole segment, a whole second hour just on the kind of trail of crimes of Hillary and Bill Clinton, never accountable, including this one, uh, which uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is making reference to right now. The last uh, came to light during the presidential election cycle, but that Hillary Clinton had set up her own email server and while she served as Secretary of State, receiving classified information, not just once by mistake, but during her entire tenure as Secretary of State, including communicating with the president, who had to have realized President Obama. Of course he did. Because he's not sending it to at whatever that would have been at At state.gov. Yeah, Yeah, he's sending it to HillaryClinton.com or something. But what happened this week, this Christian Saucier was a young soldier. He was a um, sailor. Sailor, Navy guy, yep. And he took pictures for, his uh, answer was, uh, just for keepsakes inside a submarine that was not, He and he appeared to, to recognize it was not permitted. He shouldn't have taken these pictures. And so he got sent to, uh, and they were, he claimed just to be able to show his grandchildren someday, look, what I, this is what I serve. So he got actually sent, spent a year in prison. His family, his mom especially, got really active. And he admitted to it. Yes. He, 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 he said, I'm guilty of it. He didn't try to get out of it. Yeah. And his mom started saying, wait a minute, Hillary can endanger hundreds of, of top secret uh, communication, email communications, and he takes a few pictures and he's in jail. So I wonder, so President Trump this week, uh, Christian Saucier was pardoned by President Trump. He'd already served his term. He was out. Mm-hmm. But President Trump uh, pardoned him, which I, it does have some, um, it, it clears his name legally. Sure. And think about this. Here was a young man who in good faith, signed up to be a nuclear submariner in the United States Navy, I mean, on a boomer. And he gets charged with a felony offense. So he can no longer vote. He can't own a firearm. Right. And as a matter of fact, he was working as a garbage man. That, that, that was the, the only job he could acquire. Now, Hillary Clinton is running around, you know, writing books and on the speaker circuit and, you know, appearing at uh, the Golden Globes and all of the Oscars or whatever the Grammys, she should be in the position of being incarcerated. The garbage collector. And the garbage collector. But this is the upside-down world that we live in, the same upside-down military that, you know, what's his name, Uh, Bradley Manning, because it's still Bradley. His DNA is still Bradley. I will say that, too. (laughs) Yeah, he's still Bradley. Bradley Manning now is free. Over 700 for Congress. And running for Senate in the state of of Maryland. Over 700,000 pieces of classified information that were divulged. That's traitorous. It was done in a combat zone in Iraq. That's punishable by death in the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Now, Bradley Manning is out there. I'm Chelsea now, and I'm running for Congress. Bo Bergdahl. Bo Bergdahl, uh, you know, guilty of desertion. Yeah. But he's out there walking free. 
What was it? I, I've forgotten how that case came out. Was he just never charged I forget, with Bo Bergdahl? Was he charged? No. The, what happened, he was completely exonerated because oh. the, the military judge in the case, uh, and his name just slipped my mind, but the military judge in the case basically made a subjective call saying that in his mind, Bo Bergdahl had already suffered uh, and everything oh, that's right. you know, being held by the Taliban. Let me tell you something. The Taliban is not going to hold you for five years for no reason. Okay, I know what they do to our folks in the combat zone when they capture them, being in Iraq or, or Afghanistan, what have you. So why was Bo Bergdahl held for five years? And he looked pretty good shape other than he was blinking because they just took a blindfold off his eyes. But he did not have to go in for any psychiatric treatment. He did not have any health issues. He was an auto warm buyer. Yes. Yeah, he wasn't tortured. Yeah. yeah. So the other case, because we talked about it before, but, you know, these are really, uh, to me, and I we were saying this before we get started, so I'm repeating myself, but... To me, people who are willing to serve in America's military put their lives at, at risk, you know, leave their families at home, and they're, they're, they're out every day risking their lives so that we have a free country, so we have a safe country, so we have security. I have a pretty high standard. I, I don't want them to, to do things that are really immoral, but a pretty high standard that says, you know, you don't lock them up unless something was really egregiously wrong. And this particular case that the Christian Saucier was, it seemed absurd to lock up someone like that. But I do want to turn to the next one because we talked about him before, the Clint Lawrence story. Yeah. And do you want to, I, I have it in front of me. Do you want to quick tell it or I want to well, remind Well, it's very simple. It's a young Texan. Uh, who was put in charge of a, a platoon in Kandahar. It was the uh, Jerry Maiwan district. I know it very well because I spent two and a half years over in Kandahar uh, province area. And he ordered the firing upon of uh, some Taliban scouts that were on a motorcycle gunning it toward his position. Two of them were killed. The other one was later found in, a, uh, in, in the village where an American had just been shot in the neck. He had gun residue on his hand. Right, yep. That evidence was not presented in the case in in his trial and so they charged him with premeditated murder which to me charging someone with premeditated murder in a combat zone you might as well write speeding tickets at nascar yeah. yeah okay but the people he killed were i mean they were charging his position they, they didn't stop position. when and they were told no they didn't stop when they were told and every single one of us that have served over there in afghanistan when you see two or three fellows on a on a dirt bike motorcycle that's a scout team for the right. other side, especially when they're coming towards your These position. are not elderly citizens. These are young, fighting-age men. Military-age Muslim males. That's what we call it. Yeah. Okay. So this idea, so and the Clint Lawrence, I know I've, I know you have been very vocal speaking up about the, the, the notion he should be pardoned. Absolutely. And, and I've, I'm sure many of you listen to you, we signed petitions. So do you have any notion, is this something under contemplation by President Trump? I, I have no idea. As a matter of fact, I mean, no one saw the uh, pardon for our... The uh, sailor, petty officer, saucier. So I would hope that maybe the word is getting to President Trump, and this would happen. Clint was charged. I mean, uh, sentenced to twenty years in prison. In yeah, Fort ten years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, not ten years ago. It's probably about uh, six to seven years ago. Okay. And and so Burl Bergdahl, who deserted in the face of the enemy, is free. Someone who stood and ordered the engagement of the enemy is in prison. That's 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 absurd. It's absurd. It, it, it just, as I say, the failure to honor the military and the risk they take and, and what they, they do for us every day, it, it's mind-boggling. Okay, we only have two and a half minutes left. There was another case I was going to talk with you about, but I'd rather switch to making sure you tell our listeners about what you're doing with Texas Public Policy Foundation. Yeah. So I'll just tell you, folks, we're going to have Corey Claggett on the show in a couple of weeks, a U.S. Army private who served— uh, 
serve some time in um, over a uh, his conduct in the military, which I can't get into. Or else we're out of time because I want to talk yeah. with you about this. So Texas Public Policy Foundation, one of the most fabulous think tanks in America, state-based think tanks, has a new initiative, and uh, P- Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is heading it up. The new initiative is called the um, Booker T. Washington Initiative. Mm-hmm. And you're heading it up. So can you, in two minutes, tell us what you're doing? Absolutely. When you think about a a role model that this country could have, one of the great educators, one of the the great success stories is Booker T. Watson's story. I would tell you, listeners, please read his autobiography, Up From Slavery. It's an incredible story how this guy, born into slavery, who walked pretty much so from present-day West Virginia to Virginia to get an education and then became uh, the person uh, in charge of establishing a school in Tuskegee, Alabama. And eventually that school hosted a president of the United States of America. It's phenomenal. But Booker T. Washington believed that education had to be relevant. Education just, just could not be focused on book learning. It was all about, you know, the entrepreneurship that you could get from education and the self-reliance. People have to understand that the students of Tuskegee Normal and Industrial Institute built that school as they were going along and acquiring new buildings. So they learned architecture. They learned uh, woodwork. They learned construction. They grew their own food. They sold food. They, 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 they built the bricks. They learned brick masonry because that's what he wanted. So when I look at that, this is what we need to do today. We need to refocus our education and make sure it's relevant. We're just not teaching how to take a test. We need to make sure that education is focused towards self-reliance. And we need to make sure that education is developing critical, productive uh, thinking skills and, and overall uh, the ability for people to come out of high school and be able to take care of themselves or go on to, uh, to college. It's about having a trade or developing yourselves uh, highly in, in, in intelligence, but also about character because that was another one of his big stickling points. So this is Texas Public Policy Foundation's or an uh, uh, effort to really provide a meaningful and actually effective anti-poverty program. It's a notion that, that I, I'm reading from something they put out, but mm-hmm. the notion of two pillars, education and entrepreneurship, creating the foundation of self-reliance. Yes. So you can get, instead of poverty programs that have not lifted the poor, no. the actual in, instilling of values and, and uh, quality education, meaningful education, entrepreneurship. Okay, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, we could probably talk for two hours. Thank you so much for coming Always in tonight. Always a pleasure, Debbie. Loved having you. And folks, come back to America Coming Talk right after the break. <laughs> 